0: Hey, everybody. It's episode 680 of Games with Bill. This is the second one that I've done this week. If you missed the other one, it's because it was an audio-only version. Make sure that you subscribe. In the, There's a link in the description down below if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you are listening to this, then of course, check out the YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash nerdnest. Today on the show, we're going to talk about Super Mario Strikers Battle League, major milestones passed by the Steam Deck, some competition for the Steam Deck. We've got some PlayStation news, some conflicting reports about uh, Indiana Jones, uh, those stories and more on today's episode of Games with Bill. If that sounds good, let's go. Let's start things off with Super Mario Strikers Battle League. Um, I'm not a sports game guy. I've never been a sports game guy. I think the most into a sports game that I ever got was uh, Madden 92 back on the Sega Genesis. That was a long friggin' time ago. Uh, but I don't really care about sports games except for Mario sports games. Mario sports games are always a lot of fun because they're they're just so ridiculous. And that's why I like them so much. But Uh, Mario Strikers Battle League is supposed to be coming out relatively soon and Nintendo's doing the thing that I was really, really hoping that they would do, giving us a chance to try it out. And that way we could decide if it was something that we wanted to invest our time and money into before we buy it. Uh, in the past, this has worked out, I think really, really well for them. We had the same thing that happened with arms where people had completely written off arms, then they tried it and they were like, this is really fun. Same thing happened with Splatoon where they had written off Splatoon and then it turns out that it was really fun. So when when Nintendo does these little tests, I think it shows that they're confident that they've got a really, really good game on their hands. And that makes me even more excited. So what are we talking about? Well, uh this weekend if you're watching this right as soon as it comes out which will probably be on June 3rd I'm not sure if I can get it done in time or not but uh if you are watching this right as soon as it comes out then on Friday June 3rd between 8 and 9 p.m pacific time uh you can play uh Mario Strikers Battle League if you're playing on Saturday June 4th that would be they have multiple times that you can try this out that's going to be between 4 and 5 a.m pacific time between 12 and 1 p.m. Pacific and 8 and 9 p.m. Pacific. And then if you are playing on Sunday, you can play between 4 and 5 a.m. Pacific and 12 and 1 p.m. Pacific. So I always hate that they do it this way where they have, you know, you can play for an hour and then you're done and then you can play for an hour and then you're done. I really wish that they would just open it up for the weekend. I think that the reason that they do it this way is so that they can try and push as many people to go up against each other at the same time as possible because that gives them the biggest amount of stress on their servers. So I understand why they do it this way. I just think that for a lot of us, we're not going to be able to participate because we're busy doing other things at those times. I'm not exactly busy between 4 and 5 a.m. Pacific time. I could do it, but I would rather be sleeping. So, uh, you know. I'm curious, are you going to jump in on this and try the game out? Let me know in the comment section down below or at me on Twitter. 3,000 either verified or playable games on the Steam Deck. The Steam Deck has been out for uh, February. Well, February doesn't really count. So we'll say March, April, May. So three months. It's been out for three months because I'm recording this on June 2nd. Been out for three months. And it already has 3000 playable or verified games. And there's going to be people out there that say, Hey, Bill, it's a PC, not a huge surprise. I totally get that. That's fine. That's a great argument, but I'm comparing it to consoles. And people might say, don't compare it to consoles, compare it to a PC and I'm going to do what I want to do. And if you want to compare it some other way then make your own show anyway, uh, the numbers break down like this. There's 1,565 verified games and 1,535 playable games. So add those two things together. That's 3,000 and uh, a few playable or verified games. Now, some will say, well, some of those playable games aren't really playable. And some will say some of those verified games aren't really verified. And some will say there's a lot of games that are untested that are completely playable and should be verified. And you are all correct about all of those things. However, I just want to say that's really, really fast for a console. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, I'm doing air quotes. It's really fast for a console within three months of launch to have 3000 games for that console. And of course, those games are not made specifically for this device. That's because it is literally a PC, but it's a PC with a console-like experience. And the more games that are verified and playable, the more console-like the experience becomes. We've all, if you have a Steam Deck, we've all run into the issue where you've had a game where you wanted to play it. and Maybe you had to jump through some hoops in order to get it running on Steam Deck. But guess what? with over 3000 games, either playable or verified, the number as that, that the amount of times where that's going to continue happening is going to keep going, getting less and less and less. And I really, really like that. Of course, there will always be some games that you will have to jump through hoops for. Like I, I haven't tried it, so I don't know. But Diablo Immortal, it just came out on mobile. I guess it came out on PC recently as well. And I'm just guessing Based on the fact that Blizzard likes to have their own launcher, I'm just guessing that Blizzard is probably not dropping that into the Steam store. If they are, I would be very surprised. I'm not going to stop recording to check right now. Uh, But I guess that that's probably one of those games that you will have to jump through hoops for. And when Diablo 4 comes out, we'll probably have to jump through hoops there as well. Uh, So I'm not a completely against hoop jumping, as it were. I've jumped through a few hoops to play Final Fantasy XIV on my Steam Deck, although I, I recently canceled my subscription because I wasn't playing it that, all that much. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, 3,000 verified or playable games in three months. That's pretty amazing. Speaking of the Steam Deck, let's talk a little bit about some competition for the Steam Deck, specifically the Ion Neo Air, which was just announced um i and neo seems to keep doing these weird things where they introduce a product and then immediately uh give that product competition from themselves with the next version they i feel like they're doing it too quickly uh and i've said before that i think that the the right cadence to release a handheld pc uh a handheld form factor pc would be like every two years uh I neo next or I neo seems to be going faster than that because it's non stop that I hear about oh, the next Ion neo thing well the this one is the Ion neo air. it's kind of like their entry level one. If you look at all of the other neos they're like a thousand dollars or something like that. This one comes in at the same price as the most expensive steam deck uh at six hundred and forty nine dollars. I'm uninterested in this device, and here's the reason that I'm uninterested in this device the the layout of the controls for the Steam Deck, when you look at that thing, it looks ridiculous. But when you get it in your hands, it feels great. Having the D-pad and thumbstick side-by-side means you're not moving your thumb very much to get there. Having the face button side-by-side with the thumbstick is also really good. But that's not the thing that makes the controls of the Steam Deck superior in my opinion the thing that makes them better than everything else is that the thumbsticks are at the top of the device they're all the way up at the top whereas the Ionio Air is trying to chase the design of the Nintendo Switch with the left joystick ha- uh, up on the top and the right joystick down below the face buttons for the Nintendo Switch that makes sense because you can take the controllers off the side of the machine hold them sideways and you want them to be similar to the way you know the, the left and the right one to feel similar when you're holding them in your hands sideways. So that design decision makes sense. but everybody seems to copy that design design decision just because the Nintendo switch sold so like almost I think it's over a 100 million units by now. Everybody keeps copying them, even though it's a bad design. And maybe you disagree with me, and if you do, let me know the reasons why. You don't think that the Nintendo Switch is a bad design. I love the Nintendo Switch. I play it almost all the time in docked mode because it's more comfortable to just use a Pro Controller on the Nintendo Switch. And if I do play it in um handheld mode, it's only for certain games that don't really use the right stick all that much. And I think most I'm not gonna say most. I think many PC games will be utilizing that right stick a lot. So it should have a more prominent position up above the uh the face buttons. And that's just my opinion. Let me know what you guys think. Are you interested in the Ion Neo air? I personally am not. I think that the form factor for the Steam Deck is superior. And Valve seems to have a really, really good cadence with the the pace at which they're um releasing updates to make the Steam Deck better, more usable over time. I think that they've nailed it and I'm really excited to see what's next. But the Ion Neo Air, look, I'm all for competition. I want the Steam Deck to have plenty of competition. So don't think that I'm saying that I don't think that they should make it. I just don't think that it's a good design and I'm not going to use it. And on top of all that I've already said, there's no trackpads and not having trackpads, That's a big no-no when it comes to PC gaming, in my opinion, because then you don't have any way to really have mouse input. And sure, most games won't need that. But when you have the odd game that does, you're going to be frustrated. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, let's move on and talk about Sony. Uh, Sony is saying that essentially the PS5 shortages are starting to ease up, and they are expecting PS5 sales to overtake PS4 sales by 2024. Still... Uh, that's a really, really long time for a console to be out for, what is it, two years now before it overtakes the sales of the previous generation of that console. That's kind of crazy, in my opinion. I, I'm not doubting that Sony is doing what what makes most sense for them, but uh, er, pretty early on in this generation... There was a pretty clear line of demarcation between what Microsoft is doing and what Sony was doing. Sony said, you know, the chip shortage is making things hard for us to to keep the PS5 in stock. So we're going to, you know, ship more PS4s. And Microsoft said, screw the Xbox One. We're going to just focus on getting out Xbox Series stuff. And I don't know who made the right move, but it just seems odd to me to be buying a ps4 this year or even next year that's just to me it just seems kind of goofy and if i did if i was going to buy one of those i would probably buy a used one so that i could save some money you would think that at this point this many years after the ps4 came out that if you really wanted a ps4 you probably already would have had one but hey, you know what? Not everybody's me, so maybe Sony knows something that I don't. All right, this is actually funny. Speaking of Sony and Microsoft, uh, I, I'm looking at one report that says the Bethesda game, that um, the, the Indiana Jones game that Bethesda's working on, is going to be an Xbox exclusive, and then I see another report that says, oh no, it's supposed to be coming to PlayStation as well. Now, we know that when Microsoft said, we want to purchase Activision, they said, hey, don't worry, everybody, we're going to make sure that a lot of our games are going to be available on other platforms as well. It's not just going to be making everything Xbox exclusive. And it makes sense for Microsoft to do that kind of thing, because they can still entice people to come to their, their platform with Game Pass by saying all of our first party titles are included with Game Pass. Like, that's the that's the reason that they can still put their games out on other platforms and not have to worry that they're going to tick everybody off or or not have to worry that they're going to lose money in the process. So Sony uh, or not Sony, uh, Microsoft saying that they would be bringing their games, their Activision games to other platforms if if that deal actually goes through. A lot of people assume that that meant that maybe some Bethesda games would as well, but not not all of them, obviously. And we've heard of some, uh, some games that are only going to be on Xbox and others that will be multi-platform uh, games. Well, right now we don't know what is going on with Indiana Jones. I will say that when they showed off the Indiana Jones stuff, uh, it, it was just a CG trailer, you know, it was just like uh, a camera panning around in a room and then you saw like the whip and you saw like the hat and I think you saw like a map with like the red line going across it, which was really cool. Um, I thought that was a cool announcement. I'm not one that gets excited for trailers that don't involve gameplay. I'm excited for this game because I love the character of Indiana Jones and I really, really like... Um, like, a lo- I like a lot of Bethesda games. So like that seems like a perfect match. But we don't know what platform you're going to be able to play this on. I will probably be playing. Well, no, I definitely will be playing it on my Xbox. If for no other reason, then it's a Bethesda game. And that means that I will already have paid for it with my subscription to Game Pass. So I won't have to buy it again. If it is available on other platforms, I'm curious to all of you, what platform will you be playing it on? Will you be will you be playing it on PC? Will you be playing it on uh, PS4? Let me know or PS5 probably. Let me know in the comments down below. Speaking of Microsoft, there were these rumors that Microsoft was actually. I don't think they were rumors. I think Microsoft actually said we're working on this, uh, but they were working on this device. They called it Keystone, and it turns out that it was going to be a streaming device. If you are familiar at all with um, Google Stadia. They have the Stadia Premiere Edition, I think it's called. If I remember correctly, it's called the Stadia Premiere Edition. comes with a Stadia controller and a Chromecast Ultra, which you plug into the back of your TV, and then you can play Stadia on your TV. And uh, it was basically that, like Microsoft's version of that for their Xbox Cloud Gaming. Still think that's a terrible name, by the way. Uh, So Microsoft was working on this thing. They called it Keystone. Well, now it seems like they've canceled it. They are going to look for other ways to expand their audience. And if you had asked me, I don't know, two years ago, like when I first got my hands on Stadia, if Microsoft needed to do this in order to succeed, I would have said yes. And the reason why is because when Stadia first came out, playing it in the browser, I felt latency. Playing it on my Chromecast Ultra with my uh, with my Stadia controller, which is a Wi-Fi controller which doesn't use Bluetooth and bypasses all of my stuff and goes straight to the servers, connects straight to the servers, felt la- latency free. It felt absolutely fantastic. Two years ago, that was how things felt. It was lag free on Stadia with the Chromecast Ultra and the uh, the Stadia controller. But if I wanted to use, say, my Xbox controller with playing the games in the browser, it felt kind of like a lag fest. It wasn't unplayable, but it wasn't great either. It was always a better experience playing on the TV. Fast forward a couple of years, and, uh, you know, NVIDIA has made huge strides in making it so that you can play games with a non-Wi-Fi controller in a browser, essentially, and it works really well. So NVIDIA's GeForce Now, I would say feels comparable to Stadia. As, it feels comparable to using the Wi-Fi controller of Stadia with a regular controller. It feels really, really good. It feels like you are playing on a local machine. Xbox Cloud Gaming, still a little bit of latency there. I think that they have more work to do, but it's it's clear to me now That it can be done without a Wi-Fi controller, and so for Microsoft to just to to ship out something that has a Wi-Fi controller in it, maybe, uh, and a little puck that you plug into the back of your TV, I think it would be better for them to just work on developing an app that goes on all the TVs. I mean, that's what GeForce now did. They just shipped out an, an app that you install on your Android TV, and it just works. Um, and that makes more sense because a lot of people are already kind of attached to their set top boxes that they use in order to play video games or, or, I'm sorry, in order to watch TV shows and and the like. And so getting people to stop using that and, or, and then switch over to, you know, the Xbox, uh, was it keystone switch over to the Xbox keystone. That seems like kind of a big ask, especially because people have limited HDMI ports on the back of their TVs. So I think that Microsoft is making the right move here and uh, we'll see how it turns out for them. Moving on uh, to Sonic Frontiers, the the trailer came out for Sonic Frontiers. I watched that and I said, I don't care. That's terrible. It doesn't look good. But it was just a trailer. You know, uh, I, I wasn't I already wasn't going to get excited because it's a 3D Sonic game. And for the most part, I don't care about 3D Sonic games. And I was like, OK, well, keep in mind. Let's just wait for gameplay. That's what I said to myself. We got to see gameplay, like seven minutes of gameplay from IGN first. This game looks so terrible. Like the world looks completely empty and it doesn't look fun or enjoyable. And they're absolutely not putting their best foot forward. Does the game look good? I think so. I think it looks pretty, but it doesn't look fun. And I've seen plenty of games that look pretty and are not fun. And I would much rather play a fun game that's not pretty. And Sonic Frontiers feels like they are doing the same thing that they always tend to do with 3D Sonic games. And that is they are they they take control away from the player far too much in order to have Sonic go fast. And I don't know if and there's gonna be people who are like, but Bill, Sonic Adventure 2, okay sure. I mean, one good one. I don't remember if that's the good one. I can't remember which one was the good one, but I think there was like one, maybe two good 3D Sonic games in the last 25 years. That's not the best track record. You know what I mean? So I, w- I already was not excited for Sonic Frontiers, but the gameplay made took took everything that I at my level of being excited, it actually lowered it. I care less about Sonic Frontiers after watching that that seven minutes of gameplay than I did before, and that's too bad because I like Sonic 2D games. They're they're super fun. Sonic, what was it? What was it? Sonic Mania. Oh my God! What a fantastic game. That game was just amazing. And then this, uh, disappointment. Speaking of disappointment, Super Bomberman R Online is this really cool 64 player. Bomberman battle Royale game. I had so much fun playing this when it first came to Stadia and then having it come to all of the other platforms. I was like, okay, well, having it on all the platforms is going to save this game. Now I will say this, the game should have been free from the very start, never charging a dime for this game and just charge for cosmetics. That's not the, the, the way that they decided to go. Um, but it's, it's being shut down on December 1st, 2022, uh, which is pretty, pretty fast. It's too bad because overall I did have fun playing this game. I think they chose the wrong business model and they never got past that initial disappointment that people had, that it was only on stadia, which was a ridiculous disappointment for people to have because it's an online only game, right? So if it's an online only game, then you're already online to play it. And that meant you could just play it in your browser and you didn't have to have a device to play it on. So people complaining that it was on Stadia only seemed kind of goofy to me because the barrier to entry to you playing that was just, have you bought the game? You didn't even have to be subscribed to Stadia Pro for it. And if you were subscribed to Stadia Pro, you got it for free. But you didn't have to subscribe. You could just buy the game through Stadia and then play it on any device, essentially, which was there's no barrier to entry there. But nobody would play it because Stadia got a bad rap at the very beginning. And so Super Bomberman R kind of got a bad rap at the beginning. Overall, I think it's a really cool game. The way that the game works is there's I think there's eight different little rooms and then they take the 64 people and they put them in those rooms and you fight in the room that you're in. And then at the end of the battle phase, there's the movement phase where you know certain rooms are going to get shut off and you get you, you get kicked out of there. And so you have to make your way, you go between rooms to fight others until you keep fighting until you've killed everybody or you are on the last room. And if you are still alive and you're on the last room and other people are alive the last room gets smaller and smaller and smaller like a battle Royale does. It was really cool and I liked it a lot. And it's too bad that it's getting shut down because overall, I think people would have enjoyed it had they given it a shot. All right. Uh, last thing that I want to talk about today is God of War, uh, gets a PC quality boost with, uh, FSR. Uh, you don't have to like buy new hardware in order to take care of this. If, if you have, the right stuff to use amd's fidelity FX super resolution Fsr 2.0 uh, then you're going to get a boost to what God of War looks like and I think that that's great I don't have God of War on pc I have it on ps4 I'm probably not going to buy it again um but if you're somebody who has God of War which I think is verified on the steam deck and well I don't know for sure if it works I can't Like this is just off the top of my head, but I think that this would apply to the Steam Deck. Probably not. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Let me know. I can't remember. Uh, But anyway, uh, speaking of God of War, if you did buy this game on GeForce Now, or, or well, if you bought this game on PC so that you could play it on GeForce Now, you better launch the game before July 1st. And the reason is is because after July 1st, you'll no longer be able to launch the game on GeForce Now unless you had previously launched it on GeForce Now. Really weird way for Sony to handle this. Um, Like, it's only been, what, two months since the game came to GeForce Now and it's being yanked already? It just seems really goofy to me, and it always seems goofy to me that, that publishers don't want their games on GeForce Now for some reason because it's just PC games. It doesn't cost them anything. Like they don't have to make a port. It's just PC games. They just have to say, yeah, okay, NVIDIA, you can rent your computer hardware to people and they can play our game on your hardware so that they can play it on whatever screen they want it seems like a win 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 for everybody it's a win for nvidia for renting hardware out it's a win for the publisher for selling the game that they may otherwise not have sold and it's a win for the player who doesn't have powerful pc hardware but they want to still be able to play games at like the 3080 tier or something Uh, i think that that's a triple win and uh, publishers keep shooting themselves in the foot over this and i don't understand it and now sony is one of the publishers that is shooting themselves in the foot. And I can't imagine that it has anything to do with this FSR thing. It just seems to be happening at the same time. Anyway, what do you guys think? Which of these stories did you find to be the most interesting? If you were listening to this show, on your favorite podcast player. Then thank you so much. Make sure that you head on over to youtube.com nerdness and subscribe over there. And if you're watching this on YouTube, let me know in the comments down below what you think. And if you don't have any opinion, just share an emote for the algorithm. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all next time. Bye-bye.